Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. I am your host, Carlos Diaz. have a visual merchandiser. Her name is Amanda Featherstone. She has over 15 years of visual merchandising experience. She's worked with Forever 21, uh, really uh, doing the visual expansion of the company. She opened over 200 locations at Forever 21, including a store in Tokyo, which I want to hear about that. That sounds so exciting. I want to go to Asia. I've always wanted to go, but hey, I want to hear about that. And also she did uh, the same kind of visual merchandising work for another fast fashion company called Agassi later on in her career. And uh, Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. Awesome. That's great to hear. So tell me a little bit more about that. So how did you end up going to Tokyo yourself or how, how did that happen? Or was it through video conferencing or how did that go? No, it was definitely a person. So when I had started at Forever 21, I started as just a fashion consultant helping, you know, just regular everyday store things. And um, as I had kind of gradually got really interested in visuals, my visual merchandise manager at that time, which, you know, oversaw the field, asked me to be a part of an opening. So I was like, cool. Yeah, I love organizing in general. So merchandising kind of just came natural to me. So I went on that opening and I was just in love with the whole process of setting the store up, the floor plans, the styling, like it was just so much fun. And just to see a store completely empty and then just become this beautiful set up, basically like a piece of art, you know, when you're watching an artist paint, it's basically a blank canvas and then the finished product. So that was really cool. And that was my first experience with that. And I was just hooked. And so after that, I kind of just kept asking, you know, how can I evolve um, my merchandising skills and my training. So she kind of just took me under her wing and really just mentored me and got me the exposure that I was seeking. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so eventually I was able to try out for the expansion team. And at that time, the team was pretty small, maybe seven people or so. Um, and we are doing the first opening in Japan and they, you know, were like, do you have a passport? And I was like, yeah. And so, <laughs> You're like, I've been waiting for this. It's been in my closet all this time. I know. I was like, I had nowhere to go, but I had it. So we went to Tokyo, Japan and going into Japan was very interesting because obviously anyone that knows Forever 21 um, knows their fashion, knows kind of like what they're about. So going into Japan, although they're very informed of who Forever is, I think we weren't really informed as to who the Japanese client was, you know, sometimes forever had bright colors and just things that traditionally they didn't Mm -hmm. like. So as a merchandiser, you really have to kind of do your research, your market research, as far as, you know, what are they really into? What color palettes? And it was so amazing to see like that they really didn't like, you know, bright colors. They really liked more nudes and blacks and creams. Yeah. Neutrals and, very boho flowy. So, um, you know, merchandising to cater 
to that specific clientele was huge and learning because that's not something that I felt like I really did in the United States. We kind of just merchandise um, our shops as, as how we saw them and the American you know, economy loved it. But going into, you know, Japan or Korea or all these other places, it really gave you a view of how different everyone views fashion. And so mm-hmm. obviously tailoring your merchandising to that was, you know, great experience. So no, that's amazing. That sounds great. So then kind of to summarize it, you started as a fashion consultant, right? And then you moved your way up all the way to being part of, of this, I'm assuming very, very important opening for Forever 21 at the time, right? Because they were in this expansion, expansion, expansion mode. Uh, and that's amazing. That's really, really cool. And, you know, that comes to show that it, it's all about your performance and it's all about always demanding more of yourself, right? And Absolutely. reaching out to your leaders. And I think anytime there's a good leader, right? Their whole job and purpose is to help you develop, right? To help you Absolutely. grow. And that's amazing. That's really, really cool. And so tell me, uh, what do you see as the visual merchandising, right? What is that going to look like now in the new normal? So many retail stores, so many brick and border locations are closing down. Right. Um, what do you see are going to be kind of the challenges for visual merchandisers? Well, obviously, before people were hitting the malls and, you know, shopping a lot. So now that they're kind of scaling back on how many stores they have, mm-hmm. I think visual merchandising is still going to be something that's very important. You know, we are all super visual people, right? So when we walk into a store, we're seeing things right away. So that's never going to go away. And we're learning things about that brand as we're looking and seeing. So I feel like that's such a huge part of retail, which I know a lot of people think, oh, it's operation and those kind of things that are take more precedence. But, you know, without visuals, you wouldn't have that appeal that customers are seeking and really that experience. So I think now, even though that stores are going to start cutting back, mm-hmm. visual merchandisers getting a little more in tune, obviously with operations, which I know a ton of retailers have already started training their traditional visual people that have never maybe done operations in a more of an operational role. So they can kind of wear two hats at that time because, you know, they're yeah, stealing. Diversify both. the resource so that they could do both roles. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, their focus might be, you know, merchandising, but they'll also be able to help the day-to-day business, whether it's scheduling or those other, other things. So I think kind of making your visual person a well-rounded um, individual is going to be key, but, technology. I mean, there's so much more technology now. People are going, you know, on the website and that's kind of how they're shopping. So I know Mm -hmm. with the generation Z, they want these experiences. They want to take Instagram photos. They want to, you know, like they want to hang out, you know, they still want to hang out at the mall with their friends and, you know, look really cute. It's just going to be giving them a different type of experience that their specific client. So I think getting really in tune with who your client is, what experience they're really looking for and how they're going to spend their money and the best way to get them to spend their money is going to be so important for the visual merchandiser and really, you know, retail in a whole to really understand that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a very, very valid point. And another thing I've been noticing Um, it seems like because of the pandemic, right? A lot of retailers are starting to let go of their rock stars. I don't know if it's because they're higher price points from a resource standpoint, but I've been going to all these different stores 
and I, I feel like the customer service level has decreased tremendously in the past couple of months. And so I think to your point, uh, visual merchandising, right? In essence, it tells you a story without needing a physical person in presence, right? In front of the customer. Right. So if the trend is going to continue for that customer service to continue to, to decrease as it is, whether it's because there's lack of resources or there's lack of, uh, from a financial standpoint, right? Or because they need to get resources that are a little bit more cost effective, right? And as a result of that, customer service is going to decrease. Then, to your point, visual merchandising is even more important now than ever because you need to be able to invite, entice the customer and engage them without even exchanging words, right? At no point. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. That's great. And then, so what, uh, what opportunities do you also see for all the visual merchandisers, right? Because I know a lot of people are getting for low. I know a lot of people are unfortunately letting, for finally letting let go. Um, so I know you're, you're kind of starting your own thing. And so I wanted to talk about that a little bit, right? Uh, because I think it's a genius idea to, to do, uh, freelancing from a visual merchandising standpoint, you know, always uh, we hear about consulting, but it's always related to either the finance side or the IT side. Right. Uh, but we never really hear it beyond those two departments. Uh, and I really like what you were talking about. So, so if you can expand on that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, there's always, you know, IT people that are freelancing photographers, makeup artists. So why, why not a visual merchandiser? Why not? have that as a freelance opportunity, especially if, you know, that's what you've been doing for the last 20 years and you have all this experience and, you know, retail, not just, you know, fashion retailers, but retailers in general, whether it's Lowe's, Home Depot, Starbucks, they all have some type of display or setup that needs to be done. So mm -hmm. why not leverage these freelance people that you can have them come in, do the job, and, you know, and then they leave, they're not part of, you know, your weekly schedule. You don't have to give them insurance. You know, there's so many things when you hire, you know, hire on a full-time person. So mm -hmm. having someone freelance that you can kind of leverage when you have, you know, bigger installs or holidays, you know, there's some occasions that are obviously a little more important that, you know, sometimes the team is so focused on generating money and getting inventory out that, the last thing they want to think about is, you know, the retail setup, whether it's signage or whatever. So having a freelance kind of in your pocket, I think is a great thing for every company to kind of have, even if they do have a visual person on hand, having freelance people as an extra layer is always amazing because it's the most cost effective. I, yeah. you know, I feel personally. No, no, I think that's a, that's a great idea. And, and I really hope you expand on that. I would love to invite you later on, maybe a couple of months from now and then see where you, where you took that idea, right? And when, where you take that project, uh, because I really truly feel it has a lot of potential. Um, and so what do you feel, right? That um, visual merchandisers can do different today uh, as all these stores are closing, right? What, from your standpoint, what do you think it's like going outside, thinking outside the envelope, going that extra mile, right? Because obviously you have your sets, uh, set plans, right? That you guys receive from corporate and all that good stuff. But how do you feel like you guys can push the envelope at the store level and really make that experience factor that you were talking about? Well, I think it just goes back to, really, again, knowing your customer and if you're, uh, you know, fast fashion, creating 
these like really intimate moments where your customer can, whether it's, you know, with Instagram or, you know, taking a photo there, or they just, you know, they see and they want to take pictures with their girlfriends or, you know, just creating these like little pockets in your stores for a really amazing experience. It's the same reason when, you know, people travel, whether it's Austin or San Antonio, they go to the, I love taco, you know, because they want to post it. So having something like that in your store, whether, you know, I don't know if you're, you know, fast fashion and your skateboard story, you know, having all these crazy skateboards and stuff on the wall as a cool display, enticing mm-hmm. your customer to come in because they're like, Oh, I really want to take that photo. But once you get them in, they're starting to look at all these different, you know, merchandising and how you styled it. So it doesn't only get them to just come in, but then, I mean, a human being, anytime they walk in somewhere, they're always looking at things, you know? So no, I I love that idea. So it's almost like, uh, mixing the typical visual merchandising with this, uh, I don't know what they call them, but these rooms, right. Where you go to take your picture for social media, right. And they have this entire setup, but then you, what you're proposing is take that same initiative and make a section of the store, even though you're sacrificing, right? Real estate to put more merchandise in that section. It's really not a sacrifice because you're investing in getting people in for that experience factor. Hey, let me take that picture and the, and branding, right? The cross branding that could come along with that. Right. Like you said, the skateboards and maybe putting the logo of the company across those right. skateboards and the hashtags and inviting an artist to come and paint on the skateboards. Absolutely. And then you make it a whole event not just how how it is for people to come in and take pictures, but even how you generate it and how you set it up, right? Absolutely. And, uh, and it, that just brings me to, I think it'll be really cool as well if they can incorporate inviting, right, influencers or inviting guests so that when you guys are putting the setup together to have them be part of that whole process, right? And maybe they're like the first ones to model within that setup. Uh, during off hours in the store. Yeah, that that's genius. That is really, really good. To kind of uh, step out of this, where do you see, right? Um, I guess, where, where do you see, do you think visual merchandising as a whole, talking about like social media and talking about the, the e-commerce side of things, do you think uh, you guys as visual merchandisers should also engage in tar- starting to try to like become into that influence platform uh, for, for different brands. I, I'm just thinking this with everything that you're saying now, my brain is going like, right, right. no, I actually, I think with the visual merchandiser, right? Like they're in the store. So they really get to engage with that customer. Obviously, you know, some visual merchandisers engage a little bit more. I remember being an in-store visual merchandiser and anytime someone was, looking for something specific or needed a certain outfit they always were like hold on let me get my visual merchandiser because we knew all the current trends you know we watch a lot of bloggers we look at fashion shows we try to say see like how can we create this $2,500 outfit Mm for $50 for a customer but giving them that same luxurious feel that they're looking for so obviously I think a visual merchandiser is super in tuned with styling and getting them kind of more engaged with e-commerce and what the website looks like. And even part of like photo shoots, obviously, again, depending on where your corporate office is, that's going to, you know, vary. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's like, a, it's almost a must that, you know, they go hand in hand. I've been on many, many photo shoots. And even if it's just, 
tucking a shirt a certain way or pulling it back, you know, like those are things because we're merchandisers and we're constantly styling and all of those, it really helps kind of elevate, which, you know, I know already some customers, I mean, some companies, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. kind of have that already. They have, you know, I know Forever 21 had had tons of people that were, you know, in the field, in stores that kind of slowly made their way to the e-commerce. And so they have a really fresh view. So I think continuing that and more companies kind of getting on board on getting their people trained in more of the tech side, they're going to go, I mean, eventually we're going to have to understand tech and kind of get one cohesive, I guess, brand because tech is never going to go away and it's going to continue to evolve. So yeah, it's going to take over everything over time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They are definitely, it's definitely taking over, but people still want that in-person, you know, interaction. I still want to try on a dress and I want to know what someone else that's not my friend that might tell me how cute I look, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. you know, someone that's going to say, well, maybe that looks good, but let me find you a couple, you know, that's going to give me an honest opinion and just have that personal kind of interaction. I, I know yeah, yeah, the personal connection and to feel more enhanced, right. To your point, like right. we all want to look like a million dollars. And so if right. somebody tells you, Hey, you look like 800,000, right. But here, if you add this and this, now you look like a million bucks. Right. Absolutely. And to your point, sometimes it could be a hat. It could be a talking of the shirt. It could be a belt but it makes a world of a difference, right? Because it's the way we look and the way we feel that we look, right? It makes us feel good inside and then it affects everything continuously about our day and yep. what, whether we're working, whatever we're doing. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And uh, I guess this is the last point, right? I would like to give you the floor to maybe give some advice to anybody that's looking into going into visual merchandising or anybody that's already in there. Like, What would be the one piece of advice you would like to leave for our audience? Um, I think the one thing, because I personally didn't go to a, you know, a fancy school for visual merchandising, I started retail and I had always kind of had a thing for clothes and organizing. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even know visual merchandising existed at that point when I was 18 years old and that was a long time ago. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, I would tell someone Just because you didn't go to this big fancy school, you might have to, you know, work definitely a little bit harder and you're going to have to make some sacrifices. But I think, you know, with the right experience, the right exposure and anything you can learn is great. Even if you don't end up applying it, always keeping your mind open to learning new things, new techniques, you know, like. I have learned from so many people, even if I didn't like the way they styled or maybe everything that they did, there's bits and pieces from everybody. So don't, you know, get so caught up in your own mind of like, this is how, this is the type of merchandiser I want to be. You want to be able to be fluid in anything that you do. So you want to be able to do clothing. You want to be able to do home because, you know, merchandising is very much like design. So mm-hmm, you can kind mm-hmm. of use it in so many different aspects. So you have to just, keep your mind open to learning, you know, creatively, all those types of things. No, I love it. I love it. I really like your advice, you know, and I think everybody that's listening, right. It's all about diversification, right? You need to be a diverse individual at all times, whether it's visual merchandising or regardless where your career path is going through, right. There's never a set path for the rest of our lives. Things always change. Things always deviate. So 
any opportunity that comes along the way, learn from it and capitalize it because you never know when it's going to be useful, right? And in the same token, capitalize the people around you and appreciate them because you never know when that person that's 10 positions below you might end up being your boss 10 years from now. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, great, great, great advice. Amanda, thank you so much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, And I hope all of the information Amanda shared is very useful for everybody. Uh, We want to appreciate everybody listening into the Retail Corner podcast. Uh, We will see you guys in our next episode and you all have a great weekend. If you wish to have a conversation with us, then email us at retailcorner at proxima360.com or visit our website at theretailcorner.proxima360.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe and see you next time.